So we, uh, we discussed before my interest in law and interest in, in entrepreneurship, uh, probably larger interest in entrepreneurship. Um, and one project that I'm working on is dealing with crowdfunding. There are lots of, of uh, there's a, a void of knowledge about it, for one thing, and then there are some misconceptions about crowdfunding, the Jobs Act, um, uh, equity-based crowdfunding versus reward and donation-based crowdfunding. Um, have you dealt with that in your law practice? Yeah, abs absolutely. I think it's a real common question that, that I get from a lot of, um, especially entrepreneurs of a certain demographic, the mm -hmm. younger, like college age entrepreneurs always want to have at least an opening or, or a basic conversation about crowdfunding and that all stems in my opinion and, and I'd be interested to know what you think. Um, basically the internet and just headline reading, yeah. um, big capital letters, the Jobs Act has passed, congratulations, now crowdfunding can happen and that's not really the case. But uh, I mean, do you get the same thing from your people that you work with? Yeah, I get it. Uh more from the, not necessarily clients of mine, but just people who I, who I talk to out in the community um, and people who I deal with directly um, with, uh, with the, the startup that I'm working on. Um, there is, are, are lots of questions about crowdfunding. And uh, it, it, there seems to be, like I say, first, a lack of information about crowdfunding. If I ask uh, 10 people about crowdfunding who are not entrepreneurs, uh, nine of them don't know what crowdfunding is. Right. Um, even if I ask entrepreneurs, six of them don't know what it is. And of the people who do, who do know what it is, maybe they could name maybe three crowdfunding sites. So for crowdfunding to be so huge, you know, for for Congress and the president to have addressed crowdfunding uh, three years ago, really, um, almost three years ago, it's it's interesting that that the general public is is so unfamiliar with it to me that's interesting um and so uh, uh there, there is that misinformation lack of information yeah i think that's right i mean i always try to have a similar conversation when this thing pops up with an entrepreneur because you know there's a legal question i mean a legal conversation to have with respect to equity crowdfunding um and then there's also a business conversation to be had about the same thing and what I mean by that is, you know, as you know, the Jobs Act, yes, did pass, but it passed with the requirement that the SEC and all the other agencies get together and pass the rules to implement it. And so technically, uh, now, even three years later, as you mentioned, it's not legal <laughs> to get out there and set up uh, equity crowdfunding, whether it's on the Internet or, or some other way. Um, and sell to a thousand people at a thousand dollars a piece. It, the rules have not been implemented for lots of reasons that are too boring for this conversation. But my opinion, and, and I don't know if you think the same way, is from a business perspective, you really need to consider whether it makes sense to pursue a crowdfunding round, even if it's eligible. And, and I'll tell one story that leads me to pose this question. I was at a conference and um, on a panel discussion and they were talking about crowdfunding and the then national director of the National Venture, Venture Capital Association was there 
And at the end of this long, detailed discussion, he butts in and he says, look, here's the only conversation you need to have with your clients that are entrepreneurs about equity crowdfunding. If you show up to my venture fund and your cap table has 748 people that have invested $1,200 a piece in all different forms of all over the place of, on the internet that you don't know personal, I'm going to look at it as the next stage of funding is too risky and too much of a hassle to be really interested in it. And I want to tell you to go clean that up and come back. And so I think a lot of your more sophisticated next round funding is going to be somewhere. That may have been an exaggerated story that he was telling, but maybe somewhere down that line. And so for entrepreneurs, it's important to think, you know, what's my goal? Do I only need $100,000 and I can get it from you know, at a thousand dollar chunks in my community? Or am I going to do the capital S startup thing and need a hundred thousand dollars now and five million dollars a year from now? Because if that's the case, you really need to be selective on how you structure that financing. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I think as you, as you know, being an entrepreneur yourself and a lawyer, posing legal things in the form of you know, business consideration as well as just what's legal and not is important. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I've been reading the same thing and, and variations of that same scenario that that equity crowdfunding will complicate later rounds of, of financing. Um, I personally think that equity crowdfunding will be more of a local thing, more for for local businesses who, like you say, need to raise $100,000 yeah. or, or $20,000 or even $5,000. And <clears throat> that somebody looking to scale a multi-million dollar business uh, would have a few more things to think about. Yeah. Um, at the same time, the reality is uh, crowdfunding uh, for with accredited investors being the investors is happening right now. Um, it, there's actually a, a, a business based in Northwest Arkansas uh, called EquityNet yep. that was one of the one of the pioneers uh, of of equity crowdfunding, and there are, are several platforms popping up that are doing it. But you have to be an accredited investor, and and there are some scalable businesses who are doing that, but they're dealing with they're not dealing with a thousand people investing a thousand dollars. You know, they're dealing with with large amounts of investment, and so I, I think it'd be interesting to see to watch those companies and watch other companies as crowdfunding uh, whenever the SEC gets its act together yeah. and, and makes crowdfunding legal um, to see how those companies go on to raise later rounds of financing. Yeah, that's true. I mean, it's, it's I get an occasional call or, or conversation about someone wanting to, as their startup, be the crowdfunding platform mm -hmm. um, and that's a separate question mm -hmm. from a business perspective to me that's going to be such a highly regulated area that's a big that's a big bite mm -hmm. to a uh, uh, chunk to bite off and these people need to be um, if you're going to consider doing that be very attuned to the regulations and stuff because things like equity net and circle up and angel list and those accredited platforms that exist now, they're not actually functioning under the Jobs Act. It's it's you know there's a there's a SEC regulation um, and opinion letter that happened in the past. It's basically like an investment club. 
you, you pre-vet these people, you um, make sure that they're going to meet the requirements, you bring them together as a, as a place to receive deal flow, and then you facilitate it within the applicable guidelines. And so, you know, that's still a very highly regulated area. You're still checking those boxes under the traditional ways of doing things. And, and you know, it's just, it needs, you need to make a meaningful decision um, as an entrepreneur, whether it's worth it or not, I think it's my long, short version of a long answer. Yeah. Being both a history of a practicing entrepreneur and also continuing, you know, with that as part of what you do, how does that influence your law practice, you know, as being helpful or not helpful? Or I sure, I'm, I'm assuming it's more helpful than not. I think it is helpful. I think that, uh, that lots of times, attorneys are used to a traditional setup in, in a law practice yeah. and the tradition has, has worked for so long uh, just setting your law practice up the regular way pricing services the, the regular way and so I think that that there are lots of opportunities in the practice of law for somebody who comes with an entrepreneurial background to kind of innovate um, I can't say that I have done a great amount of innovation in the, the past year and a half or so, but um, uh, I, I think that it at least helps me in, in thinking about different ways to, to innovate. I think that it, it helps that that I have put together a business before, and so right. I, I can I can operate the law practice like a business. Uh, at the same time, I, there are some disadvantages to that because. Uh, um, I have the, the the problems that other entrepreneurs have with with focus and with starting uh, multiple things, and so that can can detract from the focus on just building the the law business uh, sometimes. And so that I guess it's it's a blessing and a curse to to have the background that I have before I even decided to to, to go to law school. With your clients that know that about you. Um, do you find them asking business questions in, in addition to law questions? Yeah, 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 they do. And, and lots of my clients right now are people who I know or people who, who know somebody who I know. Yeah. And so uh, some of them will, will know my background and some of them will just want to chat, you know, sometimes right. uh, not, not about uh, what they are coming to me to receive legal services for, but just to chat and, and business does come up often. You know? yeah. And I like talking about it too. I like talking about it with people, giving people advice about it. I, I wanted to do that before I uh, became a lawyer. I, yep. I like doing that. And so uh, having the law practice kind of just uh, kind of adds to that, adds to the, to the perspective that I can give. Yeah. Um, and it, it gives me the opportunity to, to do it a lot. It's my favorite part of the job. Um, you know, any given day, you, you're talking to one, two, three, four, however many people that you come in contact that, that day, entrepreneur clients, and you get to hear about, you know, their passion and what they're building, and it's what keeps them up at night and, you know, on a bad day or keeps them up at night in a day of celebration. And, and you know, you get all these little snippets of industries and, and everything and you learn so much but yeah that's my that's my favorite part of the job is is getting to you know participate in some way in all these businesses of all different sorts 
all at once. Maybe that's just kind of my mindset of liking to jump around to a bunch of different stuff instead of focusing on, you know, one thing. I think I'd be a – I don't know if I would be a good in-house counsel anywhere, but, you know, being able to jump around and, and getting all that is, is my, definitely my favorite part. Yeah. We've talked before at One Million Cups, I believe, is when we talked about it um, first, but I'm certainly happy you're here and, uh, and encourage you to – keep building your practice and you know I can help any way that that I'm able to I know that there are other lawyers in Arkansas that have you know benefited me directly and that to this day I pick up the phone and call um, when we have issues with with entrepreneur back companies and stuff like that just because there's not many of us and it's a different world and it works differently so it's been a pleasure to hear you today and talk about it and let me know if I can ever help you. It's been a pleasure.